Hey everybody, Saul Marquez here and welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Today, I have the privilege of hosting the outstanding Amy West. She is the head of U.S. Digital Transformation and Innovation at Novo Nordisk. She, she leads this team in the U.S. in identifying transformational digital opportunities and breakthrough innovations that enhance patient healthcare experiences and ultimately outcomes. Amy oversees opportunity exploration, testing, and market validation through Novo Nordisk's internal incubator, as well as with partnerships, including startups, entrepreneurs, and third-party accelerator incubators to to test pilots and scale viable solutions. Amy has over 25 years of strategic marketing and business development experience, including work in both the client and agency environments across a broad range of disciplines. She's a winner of many, many awards, two of which I'll highlight. Uh, in 2018, the MM&M, that is the Medical Marketing and Media Top 40 Healthcare Transformer. And before that, she was awarded the PM360, PM for Pharma Marketing 360 Trailblazer Award winner in the diabetes metabolic disease category, just a thought leader in the field of transformation and innovation within the pharma space. And with that, just want to welcome you to the podcast, Amy. So glad you could join today. Thanks a lot, Saul. That was a great, I appreciate that introduction very much. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and to get a chance to talk with you. Yeah, likewise. Likewise, Amy. And you know, one of the things that we love to do is is to sort of get to know the leaders. So can you share why and what inspires you to work in healthcare? Absolutely. You know, I would say that I am personally very passionate about the patient side of healthcare because I, I am one. I am a patient along with my family and friends and I, and I get it. Like we all have to engage in this healthcare ecosystem and I understand the benefits, but I also experience the frustrations. And I strongly believe that getting access to pharmacotherapy and traditional health interventions is critical. But medication alone, it just isn't enough. And sometimes it can be very hard to get timely coordinated care. You know, convenient access is a real challenge. I think that's only been exacerbated by the, the COVID pandemic that we've seen. But this is why I'm so excited to be working in the healthcare, digital and tech space, because I believe this is an area of innovation that can enable the ability to go beyond the pill or the proverbial pill and deliver experiences and create the convenient access that positively influences patients' understanding, you know, their behavior, their engagement, and the health decision-making in a very personalized and relevant way. And digital innovation gives us the opportunity to better understand patients as people first, the human being, and, and use technology to enable a more individualized and relevant solution or support along with medication or the traditional interventions to achieve better quality of life and overall improved outcomes. I mean, it's truly an exciting yet also challenging time to be working in healthcare, but, but that's what inspires me. I love it. Yeah. You know, and, and there's so much more than just the proverbial pill or the insulin medication in this, uh, in this instance with Novo, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just access and, and being able to, to figure out how to improve adherence. There's a lot of challenges, right? And challenges are very personal and they're very real. Talk to us a little bit about how you and sort of the work that you're doing is helping add value to the ecosystem. Sure. So obviously we've seen and heard 
you know, the problems of our healthcare system related to access to care, you know, the associated costs, you know, all the things that you mentioned, you know, less, you know, suboptimal outcomes, complicated coordination, you know, all, all of that, again, being exacerbated by a global pandemic. It's a lot of challenges and the value is being questioned. And in the face of this, you know, at Nova Nordisk, we strive to improve customer healthcare experiences for those people with chronic metabolic diseases and improve their outcomes, which could include medications or cures for conditions like diabetes or preventative interventions, you know, for support. But to do this, we need innovation that's going to transform the current healthcare paradigm. We really need, and we're, we're trying to embrace this rise in consumerism of healthcare, mm-hmm. which again, is all about the person's experience. That's been left out of this equation for a long time and improve the overall experience of healthcare, including with medications and non-pharmacotherapeutic interventions. It's got to be a little bit of both. So we're looking to marry the science, which is our foundation as a pharmaceutical manufacturer, with the human being, their, their everyday behavior and, and be where they are and really understand that experience. We got to marry those two things. Individuals, you know, people, you, know, you and me, we don't identify as being a patient. You know, we're moms and dads and teachers and firemen. We're balancing work with raising families. It's tax season. So we're focusing on getting that taken care of and living our, you know, our day-to-day lives. You know, healthcare is very important, but it's inconvenient and it's not a great experience for the most part. I mean, I think I certainly have had challenges at times. And when you talk with many people or most people about when they're having to engage in, in a healthcare clinic setting, you know, there, there's a bit of a groan and an eye roll involved because it's so complex. And again, the experience just is not great. And I, I think that, you know, again, trying to embrace this human side of things and marry it with the science, there, there's really interesting data from the Institute for Clinical Systems. And it shows that for the average person managing chronic health conditions, Only 20% of what influences the health of a person is related to access and quality, meaning getting to the clinic and and getting meds. The other 80% of influencers, which is, you know, significantly bigger, are found in behaviors, socioeconomics, motivations, you know, basically aspects of day-to-day living, which are challenging to address in a clinical setting. You know, in healthcare, we're really only focused on that smaller proportion at 20%, which is all about that clinic medication access. Mm-hmm. So it's critical that, you know, if we're going to marry these things, that we understand the 80% of daily living. And by working with resources like technology that goes beyond the clinical walls or medication, this will be a key to treating these complex health problems and can enable more effective engagement. So for example, you know, this idea of pervasive or portable health, you know, embedding support through technology where the person is via this, you know, ecosystem of connected location, independent healthcare services and solutions that's accessible wherever and however patients decide. It can help ease the burden on the individual and improve self-management and medication adherence, compliance, you know, engagement. This, you know, can be a combination of active and ambient connectivity that aids in convenience and an overall better experience. So, you know, we're really looking to try to marry up that science piece with the human being by leveraging the technology and that connectivity. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's well said, Amy, there is a shift happening and you, you called out that shift, you know, the shift to the experience of the consumer. They've been left out. We 
have been left out for for so long of the equation. It's been a payer, a provider, an industry mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we have an opportunity right now to hone into this. And, and you know, interestingly, I was in a yeah, I was on a clubhouse around diabetes innovation. It was super interesting. One of the things that I left that one hour meeting with was kind of the influence that passive data technology can have on this experience that you're talking about. Can you can you speak to that at all? I'm curious. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, again, when we think about the experience of the individual, it's got it's gotta be about convenience and yeah. ease. Yeah an easy button, you know, and just as a side note, you know, I think that's why we're seeing the encroachment of the non-traditional players, like the big guys like Amazon and Google, because they understand what people want. They understand convenience. They understand, make it easy for me. They understand, you know, you know, almost know what I want before I know what I want, Mm -hmm. you know, they make it easy. And then they pull that through from a retail setting. And, And the same thing in healthcare. And that's why, you know, when we think about how technology and uh, has transformed just about every other industry and healthcare has been the last. Like when we think, we think about financial services or travel and leisure, retail, it's, it's really changed that experience. And, you know, healthcare is the last sort of frontier because it's so complex for a variety of reasons, regulation and data, privacy and HIPAA and all those things. But we're seeing it happen now. And it's also being driven by this rise in consumerism that has it's by virtue of experiencing, having good experiences in these other industries. Why can't I have that in my healthcare? This is probably one of the most important things for me. Mm-hmm. And yet it is so cumbersome and difficult and frustrating. And so we have to figure out a way to embrace it because there's a shift in control now. Like the old model of the healthcare settings the systems, the providers being the locus of control, it's shifting to the patient. And that's where this idea of this passive, um, like this portable pervasive health idea of passive data collection, I want to be able to engage in my health and wellness when, where, and how I want to, in my smart connected home, in my smart car, in my smart city, in my smart working environment, which right now is my home still, you know, voice technology, environmental sensors, wearables, Make it easy for me to know if I'm you know, on track with my health and wellness and let my doctor know or my care team know without me having to like make an appointment. That is about experience. That is about making it easy and you know, connecting what's happening in a way that I don't have to think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. And, and certainly it's not we're, it's we're nowhere near mastering that yet, but it's it's on its way. And that's going to make, I think, the access more democratized and equitable and hopefully enable people to have better health outcomes as a result and have better quality of life. Yeah, that's fantastic, Amy. And then there's the community element too, right? Like, I feel like there's power in community and you can see how other people are doing like, oh, wow, you know, their A1C is down. Like, I got to do better. You know, is, yeah. are there any elements of that too? Yeah, I mean, community and social, it's its really important. It, it can also, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there as well. Yeah. So you have to really be careful with that. And we're kind of in this age of like That's fake news. Point. So we, we have to be yeah. really careful. But, you know, it's also it's also empowering for people to share their stories because again, that's the human piece. And I also think that when we talk about certain disease states, whether it's diabetes or other ones, that 
you know, there's a standard of care. There's a, there's a clinical standard of care and there's a good reason for it because it's how we measure, monitor and evaluate. But I think with technology, it's also creating opportunities to go beyond the traditional clinical biomarkers that, you know, in, in the case of like diabetes, let's say, obviously the standard of care is understanding, you know, me- monitoring, measuring a- A1C, right. the time and range that you are in, you know, in a healthy zone versus an unhealthy zone relative to your blood sugar levels. Those are, these are the things that the clinical settings use to monitor and measure and evaluate. Right. But the reality is, you know, the average person with diabetes, you're supposed to get your A1C like maybe two to three times a year mm-hmm. that you go to the doctor. It's an invasive process. You get a blood draw. And, you know, in, in between there, you're supposed to be doing your finger sticks to monitor your blood sugar. But the reality is that's not happening, you know, because it's, it's really hard to get in to see the doctor for a variety of reasons, whether you're trying and not able to, or you just, you're, you're putting it off. It's a very, very complex situation. And so those those clinical biomarkers that we are using as the standard of care, we're, we're missing them. And the patient is not is not necessarily motivated enough to, to take action sometimes. But when you're living day-to-day life, there are other things that are happening that you might be noticing that you're just not necessarily making the connection to your disease state. So things like changes in urine, changes in saliva, changes in dexterity, changes in eyesight. You're not necessarily making the connection that it's tied to unmanaged or uncontrolled diabetes, but they're things you're noticing every single day, but we're not talking about them because we haven't necessarily clinically validated all those things. But if we're able to start to make the connection and people are able to see, oh, this is tied to something health related, I need to start paying attention to it in a different way, or I need to go talk to my doctor about it. And these are things that I might be able to track with wearables or sensors on a daily basis. We can start to move the needle in a way that we haven't been able to move before because every everything, all the motivations and the activity was tied to those invasive biomarkers you know, the, the A1C and the blood draw. So that's an opportunity too. Yeah. There, there's totally. an opportunity there to think about it differently from the end user, the patient point of view, you know, this is how I live my life. I'm noticing these things. I'm not getting an A1C every day. Yeah, man, that is so fascinating. Yeah. And, and, uh, and a great example, honing into the, this sort of evolution that's happening along with consumerism is sort of care at the home rather than waiting for those, you know, episodic visits, you're, you're getting Mm -hmm. remote patient care, this continuity of care, those metrics. I mean, I really envision kind of something grand. I'm sure you're thinking about this, Amy, where there are those, those markers that you just mentioned that could be measured and, you know, just things can be done before a situation gets exacerbated. So I'm, I'm excited about this conversation, if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, no, I love talking about this. Stuff because it, and just, just a note on that too, yeah. how you get to those types of alternative opportunities, mm-hmm. it's because you start with what is the pain point for the end user first. Yes, It's not about how do I discover a way to position my product or intervention it's how do I build the project intervention based on a problem to solve for the person living life every day? Yes. 
Yeah, no, I love it. Great, great point. And so let's dive in a little bit here, Amy. So, you know, improved outcomes, we we love touching on on this. Making business better is another thing that we care about a lot here on the podcast. And our listeners love hearing stories about how this is being done. Can you give us an example of how these approaches have improved outcomes? Well, I think that, you know, again, the approaches that I've been talking about in the sort of innovation space, mm-hmm. they're, they're a bit unproven. We're going through an experimentation process now to see what will work, what will not work, and what, you know, what's going to deliver a benefit and what is not. So it's still very much in the experimental phase. Mm-hmm. But the hope is that if we can connect with the individual, starting with their problem to solve, and come up with a solution or an intervention that delivers on that desirability. And then we build out that solution. We have to make sure that it's taking that desirability, viability, feasibility, that design thinking mindset, start with the problem to solve. What is going to connect with the individual need? And then can we build it? Is there technology already out there that we can leverage to build that solution? Or do we need to build it from the ground up? Is it not already existing? Mm -hmm. And then from there, how do we make it viable? How can we actually bring that to market in a way that's going to deliver the shared value for the end user, but also for the business? Because we have to be able to make it real in a way that is going to enable us to meet that need. And we've got to be able to to, to build it and make it happen. Totally. And And then from there, the hope is that at the, at the core of it in our philosophy is if we can meet the need of the patient, we will be able to find a way to make it work for the organization. It's kind of like from the old Merck, I guess sort of the Merck foundation. Mm-hmm. If you put the patient at the center and meet their needs, the business value and revenue will follow. Yeah. It can't be the other way around though. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we're still in that experiment phase. No, that's great. And and I appreciate you painting the picture, Amy. And that's, that's fantastic. You know, I think of why, why Under Armour bought MyFitnessPal. And so you're in the clothing and shoe game, but you have all of these things that your consumers care about, their calories, the miles they're tracking. And so you back into it and, oh, by the way, we have shoes. So, well, you know, your eyes, your feet, all of the yep. things that happen with diabetes. Oh, and by the way, we also have insulin. So if you use ours, you have this whole platform, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. I love the vision. I think it's brilliant and I think it's the future and I'm excited that you guys are working on it as you embark on, on this mission to really transform. I think that's the word transform how we deliver this platform to people that need insulin. You know, what would you say is the biggest setback you've experienced and and a key learning that's come out of it? Um, I would say, you know, well, you know, I, I think right now we can't ignore the global pandemic. Mm-hmm. It literally, literally been one year, oh, actually, gosh, I guess we kind of went to remote, the remote work environment last month, it was in March. And we went, we went to full work from home mode, thinking at that time, it would just be for two weeks. It was like, hey, two weeks, we're going to give you an update for how we're going to reenter and all that. And I, you know, I still can't believe where we are today. And, and I'm Same. sure I'm not alone on that. Yeah, exactly. But in light of that, I have to say there was setback, but also tremendous growth, learning and leadership. Hmm. In, the, in the early days you know, of this, Nova North had, we had two main priorities, ensuring that our employees were safe and supported so that we could do our jobs. Mm-hmm. And which led into 
ensuring that we could get medication to our customers who needed it without disruption. And the company delivered on both. I mean, we are stronger than ever now. And it, it gives me a lot of pride to be able to talk about that because that was the topic of every single conversation early on and making sure that as employees, we have to be safe first so that we can ensure that we can deliver for our customers. And the leadership was, you know, 100% focused on that. You know, and I would say also that as a part of that, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we were offering, ensuring access for our customers. I mean, we wanted to afford options like my $99 insulin, which also provided support to those who were going through job changes mm-hmm. uh, and potentially losing their jobs due to COVID. There was, there's a lot of that. There's, there still is. And, you know, those who were eligible could receive insulin free of charge for 90 days, you know, via our, our diabetes patient assistance program. But we, we really turned the shutdown, which was a huge setback, into a positive because we were able to keep everything going remotely because the company focused on employee safety first and ensuring the safety of our customers and making sure that they were going to get the medication that they needed, regardless of you know this, this global shutdown. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of the diabetes insulin program. 90 yeah. days, just, just awesome. And, and a testament to, you know, the power of focus, right? I mean, this dual focus, cause it, it could get complicated in times of challenge. And when you hone it down to, all right, we want our employees to be safe and we want our customers to have access. Boom. Like get yep. to it. It's powerful. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It was very clear. I love it. And so Amy, how about you know, let's do some horizon view in here. What are you most excited about? Um, well, there's a lot. Personally, right now, I'm just so excited that we have vaccines for COVID and mm-hmm. it's springtime and I, it's been a tough year, a tra- just a traumatic year in so many ways. So I'm really excited about a spring thaw and the hope of some level of normalcy coming back for everybody. People have been through a lot. But outside of that, you know, I, I really like thinking about, you know, the pharma space and life sciences, you know, I love how it's pharma and life sciences is evolving from inside the organization to take action to garner new outcomes. Things like this new organizational mindset and cultural shifts to better understand our customers as people first and not patients mm-hmm. and really focusing in on let's solve their problems and build from there. You know, and we're doing a lot of work at Novo to infuse these new ways of working, these innovative mindsets, these cultural shifts that are going to really help us, you know, sustain our our current scientific model. But then again, marry the science with the human Mm -hmm. and, and build for new opportunities into the future. So, for example, you know, design thinking methodologies to uncover the customer's problem to solve and those root causes. You know, R&D and commercial areas working together in the discovery phase, no longer siloed at opposite ends of the development life cycle. That, that's super exciting to me. Agile processes, you know, we, we hear a lot about that, but, you know, but using those to advance opportunity development more quickly so we can get the right interventions to our customers faster and really taking, you know, really embedding that throughout the entire organization across all business units and really making it a, a muscle for the organization. It's going to be through these new ways of approaching and understanding our customers that we can innovate solutions that will improve those healthcare experiences, the quality of life, the outcomes, you know, synergistically 
with or beyond pharmacotherapy. So it's that's what's super exciting to me. There's like this sort of underlying revolutionary feel to all of it that is going to you know take us to the next level in in healthcare. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's the Mars shot. I feel like, you know, we talk about moonshot that that, it's a Mars shot, and it's going to (laughs) happen. I agree. And it's really about evolving, evolving to, you know, well care versus sick care. Mm-hmm. You know, the life sciences is always in, in many ways, we, our incentives are based on the sick care model. And we really, really want to evolve to that well care model and make it a positive experience and not a frustrating experience. Totally. Yeah. Uh, super interesting, Amy. You know, we we've spent today talking about what could be and the thing, the work that you and, and your team at Novo are doing to make that reality happen. I'm confident it's going to happen thanks to efforts like yours and, and your teams and, and, and the company and the leadership there. You know, there's the other piece too that, you know, we don't have time to talk about today, but you touched on is the whole pharma value chain innovation and just mm-hmm. the opportunity there. It's just, just a lot to be excited about. So I appreciate you sharing your vision and, and the work that you're doing. Before we conclude, I, I'd love if you could just share closing thoughts with our listeners today and maybe share the best way that they could get in touch with you or find out some of the work that might be of interest to them uh, at Novo. Sure, absolutely. Well, it's been great talking with you. I love this opportunity. And, you know, as a closing thought, something that comes to mind on a regular basis for me, um, a few years ago, I had the pleasure of attending the Singularity University Executive Program. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for those of you who are not familiar with Singularity University, it's a, it's a global learning and innovation community using ex- exponential technologies to tackle the world's biggest challenges. And they have, there's like 12 of them and build a better future for everyone. That's what they're focused on. It was this really super intensive, week long, mind blowing program. And I'm telling you, I still process it to this day. I think about it. I probably think about it at least once a week ever since I attended that. But Peter Diamandis, who is the co-founder and executive chairman, said something that I really, I use every day. He said, become enamored of the problem, not the solution. And in pharma, you know, we're very hyper-focused on getting our products in the hands of our customers to deliver, you know, a health benefit that we validated in clinical trials and we've secured the FDA approval. You know, we, we need to focus on hitting our numbers and achieving our, our optimal share of voice and all those other metrics that are focused on our products, but they're not focused on our customers' problems all the time. So this is a solution-focused approach, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's limited in its success as, you know, evidenced by this rising, the rising healthcare costs and, you know, the adherence rates and, and the need to substantiate value in the real-world setting won't be met with this traditional pharma approach. We have got to become enamored of our customers' problems. What we've done to date has worked and it's worked well, but it isn't working. It's not going to get us into the future. So now we have to really kind of focus on our customers' problems to solve, become enamored and passionate about that, and build the solutions anchored into that and pull it through. So that's what I would like, you know, to share with you guys, become enamored of the problem, not the solution. And always happy to talk more. You can feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Amy West on LinkedIn. And, you know, I'm, I love talking about this stuff. It's so exciting. We're all trying to figure it out, but we're going to have to figure it out together because we can't do it alone. So thanks um, for this opportunity. Amy, thank you so much. You said it so well. 
And folks, I want to just have you reflect on this. Are you thinking about your customers' problems? Are you enamored with them? Because thinking about them is different than being enamored, right, Amy? It's That's right. Difference. If you're not, this is an opportunity for you to go beyond it and really just hit a home run with the efforts that you're striving for to improve outcomes. And so just want to give Amy a big thanks on behalf of all of us. Amy, thank you. And uh, certainly looking forward to staying in touch. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Saul. It was really fun. Thank you.